and welcome back to Give Us Some Space. You are listening to the full interview with David Fleming. Hi, I'm here with David Fleming. David, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm David Fleming. I'm a graduate student at the University of Washington in Seattle studying astronomy and astrobiology. So today I'm hoping we could talk about life on other planets. Um, What conditions need to exist on a planet for it to sustain life? Uh, That's a good question. As far as we know from our studies of life on Earth under various conditions, the one absolute requirement for life is liquid water. Now there are other requirements like an energy source, such as the light from a host star, like the light we receive from our sun, and other bioessential elements um, like phosphorus, sulfur, iron, and so on. But we know that liquid water is uh, one requirement that all life forms on Earth require. So given our one data point of Earth, we can infer that if we're looking for life somewhere in the solar system, like let's say a moon of Saturn or on another planet, um, we're looking for liquid water to see if life could exist there. That's very interesting. So um, has water been found on other planets, and like, if so, where? And um, Yeah. Yeah, good question. So uh, water has not been found on any planet outside of the solar system yet. That's something that um, we're hoping to discover in the next few decades with future space telescopes like the James Webb Space Telescope, but no detection is made, made yet. However, in the solar system, we do know that water in liquid form exists on other bodies. Um, For example, on some of the moons of other planets in the outer solar system, um, Europa, for example, we know that liquid water exists under their icy surface based on observations from satellites that have orbited those moons. Um, In fact, Europa actually has about three Earth's oceans worth of water. So a tiny moon actually has more water but um, we have not detected any signs of life on that uh, body yet. Maybe in the future, though, NASA is uh, planning some rover missions that could hopefully drill through that ice to see what they could find. Um, We're optimistic, but no detections yet. Wow. Um, So have organisms been found on other planets? Uh, Not yet. There have been uh, hints of organisms on other planets, Mars most famously, Um, I think about a decade or two ago, um, pictures from a Martian rover uh, uncovered what appeared to be fossils, and the the academic community was abuzz because they thought that these were fossils that were indicative of some old organism, millions of years old, that had been dyed and fossilized. But it turns out those were mostly consistent with just rock formations that came from natural processes. We've not detected any organisms yet, unfortunately. Um, but we are looking for signs that these organisms could be alive on other planets. Um, for example, on Mars, uh, the most famous example is the hunt for methane from Mars. And methane can really – oh, so uh, let me uh, back up. So methane is a certain gas, it's a hydrocarbon gas that is emitted by um, organisms like cows on Earth, for example. And in this hunt for methane on Mars, there have been – potential detections, and scientists have thought that that could be indicative of signs of life on Mars, but it looks like those detections are actually non-detections and there wasn't any methane, so we're still hoping to see if we can find any signs of life, but unfortunately, nothing yet.
Wow. That's like really interesting. Okay. Um, so do you think that life exists on other planets? Like, um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so- <laughs> If you consider how many stars there are in the galaxy, we think there's about 100 billion stars in our own Milky Way. And from observations astronomers have made, we think that every single star in our galaxy hosts at least one planet. And given that there are so many stars and so many planets, at least 100 billion planets in the galaxy, I like to think that life is a lot more common uh, than we think. Unfortunately, detecting signs of life can be very, very difficult just because those planets are so far away and so dim that actually pointing our telescopes at a planet and detecting signs of life is very difficult. Um, But that's something that um, the Virtual Planetary Laboratory, the group I'm a part of at the University of Washington's Astronomy Department and uh, led by Professor Vicki Meadows, is uh, really intensely working on seeing under what conditions this life could exist and how we may detect it with telescopes that we have now and telescopes that NASA is launching in the future. Wow. Um, So you think, like, any of this could possibly be intelligent life? Like aliens or... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Maybe. There have been uh, hypotheses that, you know, like... uh, in Star Trek, where there are just very advanced civilizations that have been able to observe other, you know, maybe less advanced uh, civilizations, perhaps like humans on Earth, and that they have just stayed away from us to let us develop. So, you know, perhaps there could be intelligent life elsewhere in the universe um, operating with technologies that we don't even know about. Um, Or maybe not. Maybe the most common kind of life in the universe, if it exists outside of Earth, are just uh, lower-level bacteria, or I like to think of space sharks um, swimming on oceans around other planets. So uh, that's a good question. Um, The universe is old enough that intelligent life, like humans, could have developed, but no signs of it yet. Um, Yeah. So do you think that there are are places that humans could live in the future, like... um, Another planet. Mm-hmm. If if global warming uh, gets too intense on Earth, that is. Um, yeah, so there are uh, plans to uh, send humans back to uh, the moon. Um, NASA has recently discussed um, doing that in the near future. And probably our best bet so far is to um, build like a space colony on the moon where we can be in a more or less controlled environment just since we'll be close enough to the Earth, hopefully, if something goes wrong, where we can figure out what it's like to live on another planet, maybe one without an atmosphere um, or one with an atmosphere that's not necessarily conducive to people, and we can kind of figure out the technology we need to go to another planet. And um, in terms of uh, living on a different planet long-term, Mars is probably our best bet um, because it's nearby and um, there's soil on Mars. We've done a lot of research about it, and hopefully um, in the coming decades we can build a colony on Mars, um, like what NASA is exploring, and use that as a means to um, expand humanity's footprint elsewhere. It is very, very unlikely that we will, uh, people will ever be able to make it to a planet outside of our solar system, unfortunately. Um, And that's because the vast distances of space are incomprehensibly large. Um, For example, the closest star to the sun, Proxima Centauri, um, astronomers have detected a roughly Earth-sized planet 
at the right condition to potentially host liquid water. The only problem is if we took the fastest rockets um, people have ever produced, it would take us 60,000 years to get there. Wow. Yeah. That is really far away. That, uh, yeah, recorded history only goes back to, like, what, 2000 B.C. or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. Quite a while. Um, so, like, um, is there anything else that would, do you think would be interesting for the podcast or any, I don't know? Yeah, no, uh, good question. So a lot of uh, the research we've done here at the University of Washington has dealt with um, what I call detecting life via process of elimination. And a lot of what we do actually works on trying to figure out the conditions under which life could not exist. Because if we can understand those conditions, we can look to the other ones to see um, where life could potentially exist. And um, one of the main obstacles um, to life that our group has identified is actually the boiling off of oceans of planets due to their host star. So when stars are very young, um, we call it the pre-main sequence phase for these stars. These stars are extremely large and puffy, about four times larger than they are um, in their normal lifetime called the main sequence. Uh, for example, the sun is currently a main sequence star at about five uh, billion years old. But early on in these stars' lifetime, they are very large and they emit much more light than they do when they're older, like the sun is. And because they emit more light, this can actually effectively boil off any oceans that planet might have, potentially causing a planet to lose hundreds of oceans worth of water. So since we uh, know that water is required for life as we know it, and if these stars could boil off these oceans, that could be a significant obstacle um, to these planets actually hosting life for us to potentially detect. And this is uh, technically referred to as atmos uh, water photolysis atmospheric escape. So that could be an interesting uh, thing to pursue. And it's something that we work on uh, very intensely here at the uh, UW. Cool. Yeah, you have so much inter interesting information. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. And it was like, yeah, this is going to be super helpful for the podcast. And, um, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I'm glad to have helped. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, good luck with your podcast. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.